Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church Doncaster in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Good morning. Um, I don't think it's just the worship team that's been thrown into the deep end this morning. Uh, I think I need to um, slightly change the emphasis of what I was going to talk on. Oh, sorry. But that's okay as well. <laughs> um, as we mentioned the last couple of weeks, what we're doing as a church in the next few months is actually looking at our visions and values. And the, the value that I'm going to talk about today is the final authority of scripture and basically the value is this that we are a church where regular teaching and preaching of the bible holds a primary role and where scripture's authority is final (coughs) no and if or buts that's it if it's in scripture it's final and the question that that raises is why do we put such an emphasis on preaching? Why do we put such an emphasis on talking about God's word? You know, lots of people meet on Sunday mornings and God's word will be spoken about on Sunday mornings. So is it just something that we've got in our culture? Is it something that's become a tradition in churches? Is it something that's still relevant in the 21st century? You know, we live in a a society where everyone practically has an email account. People use Twitter and Facebook for quick communications. We have a little box in our room that just beams image after image. I think it's something like 24 images every second into our brains. You know, we're very much a society that is visual and is here and now. So what relevance can words that were spoken 2,000 years ago possibly have to us? The relevance they have is that the words that are found in this book are words that God has given to us and that is relevant now as they were when they were first written down. Because God uses words in different ways. The first examples we get is God using words to create things. You know, the Bible opens with the account of God speaking. And God said, let there be light. There was light. He spoke things into being, things into creation. But he doesn't only speak. When he speaks, he achieves things through what he says. Everything that is came into existence because God spoke it out. He also uses words to communicate with us. You know, that seems an obvious one, doesn't it? But we use words to communicate. The Old Testament is full of God speaking to his people through prophets. And Paul puts it this way. He says that Israel's great privilege was that they had the very words of God. That's in Romans 3.2 if anyone wants to look it up. You know their prosperity or their fall was determined 
by their attitude to what they heard. If they responded positively, things went well. If they chose to ignore God, then God did things to get their attention back, didn't he? Even to the point of taking them out of the promised land and putting them into exile. We also have God's Son. In the Gospel of John it says, In the beginning was the Word. And it goes on to tell us things about the Word. And it tells us that the Word became flesh. And that flesh was given a name that we recognize as Jesus. Nicodemus identified Jesus as a teacher who'd come from God. Jesus is another way that God communicates with us. When Jesus speaks, he speaks with the full authority of God because he is a part of the Trinity. He's a part of the Godhead. And the Bible says to us in Hebrews 1-2 that God has spoken to us by his Son. And if you read your New Testament, you'll realize that Jesus had a lot to say, didn't he? And he took every single opportunity that he had to say what was on his heart. On one occasion, he refused to be held back by people anxious to see him. He says, let's go somewhere else so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. And that's in Mark 1.38. On another occasion, crowds gathered around him and he taught them for three days with no breaks for food. Now you'd be glad to know that I don't have enough notes to last three days. And even if I did, I'm sure I'd have to break for food at some point. Jesus ministered for a very short time on earth though. And having taken care to build up his disciples, he then gave them a commission, didn't he? He made sure that they understood the scriptures. He opened their eyes up to what the real meaning was of the scriptures. And then he commissioned them to go to all nations to make disciples, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So there is a call to the church. There's a call to the people that we get out there and we be teaching the nations. And if you have a look at the apostles, they really took this seriously, didn't they? Because if you think about it, from those 12 men, millions of people have the right to call themselves Christians because they got caught by the fire that Jesus had put in their hearts. And they went out and they told people about God. And when they were threatened and told to keep quiet, this is what they says. We cannot help speaking about what we've seen and heard. And people loved that. The church loved it. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You know, if you get a right spirit of what God is saying to you, then something should be welling up inside you that says, I've just got to tell people about this. I've got to tell people about what God has done in my life. I've got to tell people what God can do in their lives. And the only way we can get a right understanding of that is through hearing and reading God's word. Why is it important that we have that understanding? You know, why don't we leave it just to people up front to print that understanding? Well, if we go back to what God's first words were, God's first words were, let there be light. 
And whenever God's word is heard, it's like a light that penetrates through the darkness. You know, you try and think back when people started talking to you about what God meant to them and what God could mean to you. Something happened in your life, otherwise you wouldn't be sitting here today, that changed you. God's light was able to start penetrating years and years of darkness in our lives and start showing us the truth. You know, the Bible calls Satan the prince of the world and tells us that the world is in his command, in his hold. Jesus called Satan a liar and lying is Satan's natural tongue. You know, there's plenty of people out there who will tell you that God doesn't exist. There's plenty of people out there who will tell you that you're daft coming along on a Sunday when you could be doing better things like cleaning your car. You know, or going and doing your monthly shopping or taking the kids out to the park or whatever. Satan can put lots of things in front of us that can make us feel good. He can massage our ego. Tell us what great people we are. And I think that's a strange one because Satan will talk to us about what our strengths are. But you know, God tells us he uses us in our weaknesses. There's a, a strange flip there, isn't there? About the way God views us and the way Satan views us. But because Satan rules this planet, what that means to us and what it means to the world out there is that we are brought up in a culture that is false. Every single day from the day we are born, we get told lies. The world feeds us lies. It feeds us lies about ourselves. It feeds us lies about God. It feeds us lies about our relationships. I'll bet you if I was to say to people, has anyone lied to you this week that you know about? Most people would probably be able to think of some instance where even there would be a white lie where people were just trying to make things easy or thought something didn't matter so they just cover it up. The beautiful thing about God's word is when we start declaring God's word we're launching a powerful illumination into the darkness that covers people. You know, we're shining a light into this darkness and showing people stuff that they've never ever seen before because they're walking in a world that is darkness things changing us and we start opening up to what God's doing and this is why it's a privilege for us and a passion to preach about Christ to preach about God to preach the gospel of the good news of what's been done for us and this is why as a church we're committed to going out and sharing the gospel and committed to church planting we want to preach to more people so more people can come in and go on again and preach to others Paul when he talked about his enthusiasm to get to Rome said this I am eager to preach the gospel to you who are at Rome Everywhere there are people whose lives have become entangled with harmful untruths. God's message of releasing them is through preaching. 
And Paul recognized that the hub of empire in his day, the hub of the darkness that was there, was Rome. And what better place to go and preach it. That's why he had a real passion and a real drive in his life to get there. So the question is, what is preaching? Now if any of you have got teenage kids, you might have heard them turn around and say to you, don't you preach to me. Anyone heard that from a teenager? When you're trying to tell them something because you've got the world's experience, a life of experience, and they think that you're just preaching to them because they don't understand it's experience talking. They think that it's you, just not one them, to do the things they want to do. That is an example of something being twisted. You see, when we talk about preaching, we don't just talk about giving a talk. Anyone can do that and people can take it or leave it. When people preach, what they should be doing is expounding what's in here. They should be illuminating people's lives with the word of God and saying, this is what we believe, this is why it's important, and this is how we should be applying it to our lives and changing things. But it's not just a Bible study, and it's not just a commentary on what the Word says. There's got to be something more than that that touches our lives and makes us want to change. Which means that for, for those people who do preach, there is preparation that goes into the, t the preaching. Which means that, you know, you'll sometimes sit up late at night looking at different references to see what different people have to say about the scriptures. To make sure that you're given over the right message. That the apostles, the prophets, and everyone else who gave any content in here wanted to get over. We want to get the right message over because it's important that we understand what this is. It's not a science book. What it is, is a Haynes manual to how the, our soul and spirit interacts with God. This is our guide to how we fix our broken selves and get us to be the people that we should be. And because of that, when you're preaching, there's got to be a little bit of multitasking that happens because although you've done all the preparation... There's got to be an awareness of the prompting of the Spirit. Like when Owen turned around and says, now's a good time for Bob to get up and give his word. The Spirit was prompting that. And I got up and I says, it's not just the worship team it's going to be hard on, it's going to be hard on me. Because as I was stood there, I realised that from this point on, the notes I'd prepared are no longer relevant because God has come in and he has taken over the meeting. He's prompting us to go down a certain path. Which is why we're not just preaching words that show human wisdom. But we're preaching words from God's word. With the spirit influencing what we say so that people take it on board. And there comes an outcome from what is being said. And it's important that there's an outcome from what's said. Because if all we do is listen and hear and think, didn't Bob speak well today? Then go and have our lunch and forget what was ever said. I'm wasting my time up here. 
Owen was wasting his time last week if we did that. And, you know, we might as well just rip up the sermons for the coming year because if we're not changing as a people, then what's the point? If God's word doesn't impact our lives, why do we do it? God's word is a radical word. It changes people. It has power behind the words. And when people preach, there's an outcome. And that outcome might be immediate. When people preach, you'll sometimes hear them say, if anyone wants to respond to that, you know, then come out for prayer. And the question is, how often do you sit there knowing that God's been speaking to you in a sermon and don't answer the call out for prayer? You know, that should be a rebuke to us because I get a feeling that we probably will have a call out for prayer at some point today, the way God's going. And my encouragement to you, if God is actually speaking to you, then you're going to have to respond. Other times the response isn't called out. You know, there's many a week where we don't say, if you want prayer for this, come out. Because what God is speaking is speaking to you personally, as an individual. And that's when it gets a bit more difficult to apply to your life. Because then, you're not making yourself accountable to anyone, unless you go up to someone at the end of the meeting and say, actually that was for me. I feel I should be doing this. Can you ask me how I'm getting on? And you can make yourself accountable that way. But if all you do is keep it inside and go away, then it's only between you and God. And hopefully you remember it. When Jesus talked about the wise and foolish builders in Matthew 7, it showed two things. That there's two ways of hearing the word of God. You know, both the wise man and the foolish man represented people who heard God's word. And the wise man built his house on the rock that wouldn't move. When the storms came, when the wind blew, nothing would happen to it. But if our foundations aren't good, if we're listening to the word and it's not penetrating, then when life's storms come against us, we just go to pieces. You know, the whole thing about foundations, anyone who's ever built anything, if you build foundations, you've got to go down. You've got to dig down to get foundations, and it's got to go deep. There's very few properties that will actually get built on a level surface just from the ground up. And that's a, a good point. You know, if you are building, make sure that your foundations are strong. Put the word into practice. Don't just listen. You know, if we give a high regard to what's been said from preachers, then we start getting a high regard for what's in here. If you're the type of person who comes and doesn't really pay attention during the talk, don't focus, then the question is, do you focus when you read this? Do you give it much regard in your life? So, what does it mean for us that if we say we're a church where regular teaching and preaching of the Bible holds a primary role and where scripture's authority is final? Well, in 2 Timothy it says this, 
It says all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. How do we apply it? Do we continue to listen to Satan's lies? You know the good thing about people lying to us is it makes us feel good because often when people lie to us they massage our ego, don't they? There's very few times people lie to you and put you down when they're lying. Often they'll build you up when they're lying. And it can be good to listen to a lie especially if you're trying to deny some bad news. You know, if something's facing you and people turn around and say, oh, it's going to be alright, don't worry about it. That sounds nice and reassuring, doesn't it? But the reality might be something different. It might be you're looking over some sort of abyss. And sometimes facing the truth is a better option there. When God speaks, we need to listen to what God says and absorb it. Because I can tell you what, in the truth of looking over an abyss, if God is speaking into you, then you'll face whatever you're facing a lot stronger than you will if people are just saying, don't worry. You know, we're there for you, don't worry, or whatever. It's great to know that God is speaking into a situation. Do we think, wasn't that a good preach on a Sunday morning? Then just go away and forget it. Well, no, we've actually put some things in place to help us apply what we hear on a Sunday morning. We run small groups in the church, don't we? Where we run it on a 4W model, and one of those W's is Word. Where we look at what was spoken about on a Sunday morning, we look how we apply it into our lives. And the great thing about that is that it's people's own experience and people's own understanding that comes out. And you can start learning from other people's experience. I think it was Bismarck that says, um, was it a wise man learns from his mistakes? He says, but the wiser man learns from other people's mistakes. You know, and that's the great thing about small groups. We can learn from other people. Do you ever get excited about what God says to us in a Sunday morning? Then start living it for a very short time and then three, four, five weeks down the line you've forgotten what was ever said. Yeah, you changed a little but then it was too tough to keep on doing it and eventually you just stopped doing it and things are back to where they were before God impacted on your life. We live daily in the light. Applying all that God speaks to us and asking others to challenge how we live. You know, God is speaking to you. Make yourself accountable. Go up to someone that you trust and say, God is speaking to me in this way. You know, and it might be that he spoke to me in this way in the past. In fact, to be honest with you, this is the 106th time he spoke to me about this and I'm really struggling with it. Can I make myself accountable to you? So you keep asking me week after week, how are you getting on in this area? Because I can tell you what, if you make yourself accountable, and the person you make yourself accountable to is loyal in asking you how you're getting on, then you will start changing. 
Because the last thing you want to do is be asked the question and go, oh, actually, I didn't do anything this week. It's terrible. I'm back to my old self. You change. There's practical things we can do to embed the word into our life and to take on what's been said so that we can change and so that God's word actually does have the authority that it says. Because in Timothy, we're told it has real profit for us. It has profit in the teaching of it. But it also has profit for reproof. And for correcting. You know, if someone's doing something wrong, then we can use the word to show them where it's wrong. You know, if someone's way off the mark with something, we can use the word to bring them back in. But here's a challenge to you. When people start talking to you about things that they've maybe picked up on, that don't quite tie in with a good spiritual man or woman, what's your reaction to it? Are you open to people telling you, actually I think you've got a problem in this area, or you've got a character issue in this area, can we work it through? Because I think it's holding you back in your spiritual walk. Or are you the sort of person that would go, there's nothing wrong with me, how dare you? Are we open? Because it's there in the word. You know, we are to correct people. We are to point out to people where we feel there's a weakness or there's something wrong. God's word is useful for training in righteousness for this purpose. That the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good word. Uh, good work, sorry. God wants us to be competent. He wants us to be confident about what we're doing. He wants us to go out boldly, knowing that we have been soaked and steeped in his word. That when we go out and do the good works that we're called to, we have the confidence that we're doing it. And God's power. Because God has commanded us to go into the world. And make disciples. So just to, to finish up. I think that we've got to listen. Eagerly. To what's been said. Take note. Of what the implications are. For the way that we live. And then start living. The way that the word implies we live. How simple is that? Listen. Hear what God's saying through it. And then apply it. It's such a simple formula, isn't it? And if you think about it, we've all been through the process. When we were little kids in our parents' arms and they were teaching us how to do things, we all went through it. And the great thing about kids, as an example, is we know that they make a mess. Anyone ever weaned a child and let them have a spoon by themselves when they're eating yogurt or soup or something? You know what a mess they make of it the first few times, or the first hundred and odd times that they do it, until eventually it just becomes second nature, doesn't it? Our spiritual walk is like that. Applying God's word into our life is like that. God knows we're never going to get it right first time. That's why he keeps on printing the same stuff up in our lives every so often. 
But if we're 40 years down our spiritual walk and we're still being weaned, then there's something far wrong with how we're applying what we're hearing. And that's where we need to be accountable. Let's make sure we're hearing accurately and let's make sure that we are doing all that we can to be the people that God wants us to be. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to visit gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk 